Welcome to Signal from the Noise by Podcast Notes, the best ideas from the world's best podcasts in minutes. Please enjoy the notes from the Brian I'm Not an Expert, I Just Play One in Real Life Remel, the Logocentrifugal Podcast with Chance Lunsford, number 122, episode of Uncommon with Chance Lunsford. Claim, intro. Brian Remel, at Brian Remel, is a Renaissance man with a diverse background in science, research, analysis, and technology and early adopter of AI and neural networks. He has pioneered prompt engineering technologies and contributed to numerous media outlets, sharing his insights on topics like cryptocurrencies and voice commerce. Brian has also developed the Multiplex app and Multiplex magazine to keep readers informed on the latest advancements in technology and payments. Check out these podcast notes from Brian's appearance on Infinite Loops. In this three-hour episode of the Logocentrifugal podcast, Brian Remmel and Chance Lunsford explore the power of intelligence amplification, the role of the phonological loop in transcribing creative thoughts, and the impact of social media and technology addiction on productivity and well-being. Additionally, they delve into the history of humanity and its impact on the planet, while emphasizing the need to focus on positivity and the good things happening around us. Host, Chance Lunsford, at The Uncommonist. From physics to point of sale. Brian introduces himself as an expert in nothing, with no degree from a university, but a student of everything around us. Brian grew up in central New Jersey and was exposed to Bell Laboratories when AT&T was a monopoly. Bell Laboratories had a tremendous impact on Brian's mindset, and he learned the value of innovation over iteration. He also had exposure to the Institute of Advanced Study, the last place Einstein worked, where he met Freeman Dyson and other influential figures. Brian had an interest in physics and spent a lot of time studying it before being convinced by a physicist not to pursue it as a career due to the influence of human observation on experiments. Brian's love of electronics led him to build several successful companies in the point-of-sale, POS, system industry. Despite being a shy and introverted person, Brian became a salesperson and became known as a carnival barker. Brian's journey in software development and point-of-sale systems. Brian couldn't find anyone to sell his invention, so he taught himself how to sell it. He approached an auto parts store in central Jersey and learned about their inventory system. Brian builds a barcode reader using the 3 of 9 code and makes it rugged with a polymer casing and a rubberized guitar cable. Brian then created a POS system and received a phone call from a credit card sales company to integrate credit card acceptance into it. He figured out how to integrate the very phone's own machine with touchtone keypads, which used Z80 machine language. Brian sold his PAW system to other businesses and got noticed by software companies. Ashton Tate made an offer, which Brian thought was ridiculous and ignored. After another year, Brian finally entertained a meeting with Ashton Tate and sold the software to them. However, they did nothing with it, and the company eventually faded into Microsoft. The Computer Hot Rodder, Speeding Up IBM Computers Brian was known as the Computer Hot Rodder for speeding up computers. He took IBM hats and sped them up from about 6 MHz to 41 MHz. He took out the chip in the computer, put grease and fins on it, and used motorcycle carburetors to make it go faster. Intel called Brian a bold-faced liar, a carnival barker, and a charlatan because they believed it was impossible to do what he was doing. Brian wrote an article about hot-trotting computers for Byte magazine, which was a big deal for him. 
Despite initial skepticism from scientists, Brian's hot-trotted computers received orders from the Department of Navy intelligence agencies and government contractors. Brian also had access to conversations with hundreds of people in these organizations. Brian saw the first voice synthesizers and voice recognition systems at AT&T Bell Laboratories, and he knew instinctively that anything they did would be sidetracked by this technology. Brian saw the potential for human speech simulation and spent the last 5 to 10 years of his life seeing the electronics, software, and AI catch up with his vision. From Sumerian ring coin to credit card acceptance, Brian talks about his interest in the world of payments, which he has always found intellectually interesting. It reflects on how money is something that people spend their lives, energy and time on, and how we assign value to it based on decimal places. Brian talks about the convergence of philosophy, technology, money, politics, and business that led him to the Sumerian ring coin and the shekel, which he finds fascinating. He highlights the fact that people once killed each other over a piece of brass that is now seen as insignificant. Brian recalls his time at Princeton, where he talked to free thinkers who were addressing similar ideas, but he clarifies that it was not a socialist paradise. He got involved in payments after selling his company and realized how interesting it was to provide small businesses with a new way for people to buy their products. Brian notes that credit card acceptance was a game changer for small businesses and that they could expand their customer base and get paid quickly and efficiently, reducing shrinkage. He talks about the frustration of negotiating with bankers who did not understand the technology and saw independent selling organizations as thieves and criminals. Brian shares a story about a Vietnamese small business owner, Mr. Pham, who was struggling to get credit card acceptance from banks and how he used his leverage to vouch for Mr. Pham and get him the credit card acceptance he needed. He highlights the importance of sales as a profession and how it can be the most honorable profession on the planet when one knows that somebody needs something. Brian recalls a story of a transmission shop owner who had a wall of shame with hot checks he had received and how credit card acceptance could have saved him from being ripped off. He talks about how he grew a large sales force that signed up thousands of small businesses for credit card acceptance, which eventually led to his company's recognition in the Incorporated 500 for being one of the fastest growing businesses in the country. Brian mentions his philosophy of practical and pragmatic, which he hopes to write a book about someday. The practical and pragmatic philosophy transcends borders, race, gender, politics, and labels power of human stories in business. 98% of businesses have no business plan and many entrepreneurs are not experts in anything. Entrepreneurs often start arrogant but get humbled quickly in the face of challenges. Many successful entrepreneurs are those who have put their lives on the line and have no desire for a business plan. Human stories not labels or politics are what matters most in business and life. Brian knows someone who went from owning one little restaurant to owning 97 hotels and restaurants in New York City. Brian believes that the credit card business is a liberation system for small, medium-sized, and large merchants. He has learned a lot from being a salesman and hearing the stories of thousands of business owners. He believes that understanding people is important in sales and business. Women in Vietnam developed a certain personality trait due to being left alone to raise families during war in slavery, making them good negotiators and business owners. He believes that the customer is his boss, and creating a great staff means building people who can overtake him. The harm of debunkers and naive thinkers. Two types of people, naive and debunker. Debunker, 
who debunks everything and claims something is impossible, has caused more harm than good in societal progress. Debunkers tell you that certain things are impossible, like human flight, because they are the experts and know better. Debunkery is pervasive in society and has become a cottage industry, individuals get off emotionally by tearing down ideas, not to find validity or truth. Naive accept what someone in power tells them without question. A perfect storm of both debunkers and knaves working together to slow down human achievement, aligning themselves between binary choices and wanting to be led. Personal discernment and responsibility can infect society in such a profound way that people have the strength to say no to bad ideas. Society has organized itself in a way where people are standing in line in teams, wanting to win at all costs. Brian believes this is how the illusion works and that society should not be organized in this way. Example of free thinkers walking around Bell Laboratories and Princeton who believed that one day people could talk to computers. Bell Laboratories was built to become a monopoly, so they could only build phone systems. When they were finally divested, Bell Laboratories evaporated almost instantly. Brian believes that every major corporation in every industry should be motivated to build something like Bell Laboratories. We are living in a moment in time where we cannot galvanize people around a similar goal that does not have political innuendo attached to it, which may be the sadness of this time. Understanding Fear and Love Fear is the underlying cause of people's behavior when they act out. Recognizing this is a simple superpower that allows one to decode the behavior. Brian advises taking a breath and recognizing that the person acting out is just a scared human being. Some people may enjoy joining in on the adrenaline rush of the situation, but it's important to remember the human element. Brian believes that fear is always a reactive process and not an action process. He asserts that hate doesn't truly exist, but is rather a vacuum of love that stems from an absence of love. People may do terrible things due to a fear of not being loved. Humans are natural pattern matching machines. Creativity requires patterns, and humans are natural pattern matching machines and technologists. Humans are always analyzing what is going on around them to inform their limbic system. Social media can activate the limbic response pattern in people, leading to an overwrought fear response and desensitization to certain stimuli. Brian notes that wild fruit, which was once considered exotic to the human taste bud now pales in comparison to the heavily spiced foods we consume. He suggests that we need to reflect on what else may have become desensitized in us in 2020. Brian shares his thesis that humans have been voiced first from the moment they started to speak and that the very first thing a person senses is their mother's voice while in the womb. He notes that the female voice is neurally coded into our subconscious as the voice of authority unless a person is raised in a test tube. The Human Operating System and its Relationship to Technology Humans have an operating system, OS, which is part of their paradigm, or the software of the human OS. The paradigm is informed by various factors, including parents, family, educational system, religion, society, culture, music, and entertainment. The OS is limited to processing a maximum of 41 bits per second of consciousness, while our sense organs take in anywhere from 95,000 to 250,000 bits per second. Reality is being turned to us at 41 bits per second, which is demonstrated by the book The User Illusion by Tor Nortranders, a science journalist who tied together over 15,000 studies. Our optical nerves do not generate any form of image but rather transmit signals through a form of math called Fourier math. 
a paradigm is software that's being encoded by our upbringing, and it's an extraordinarily hard thing to self-program. Technology can be used to create an intelligence amplifier, which can be with us at every moment of our lives. Brian mentions a hypothetical device, which is encrypted and never on the internet, that can represent us after we're gone and cannot bear witness or testify against us. It contains six petabytes of data, including video and audio of our lives, which is used to inform the intelligence amplifier. Intelligence amplification is the only intelligence that we can truly achieve, as artificial intelligence may never truly reach human intelligence. The video and audio of our lives are obtained through a social contract where it's agreed that it won't be used destructively. This device sees and remembers everything that we can't, including every book, song, word, and touchpoint of our lives. We can encode the device to represent the strengths we want and receive reminders about past experiences to help us make better decisions. The future of conversational computing. On the internet, everyone is a stranger to each other. Brian mentions that while we can get to know each other through conversation, we still don't fully know each other. Every possible interaction we have on our devices is remembered and can be used to predict our future actions. Brian claims that with about six and a half months of data, he could predict what someone is going to do if he is given access to all their device data. He believes that the conversations we will have with computers in the future will be more like conversations we have with significant others, rather than just typing commands. Intelligence amplifier tech can engage in conversations with him and tell him about his social media feeds and interactions. He believes that this system frees people from constantly staring at screens and allows them to interact with technology more naturally. Brian argues that the QWERTY keyboard was invented in the late 1800s primarily so that typists could type typewriter quickly and sell the product more effectively, rather than to prevent keys from jamming. He has also developed an equation for uncertainty and novelty, which he claims is not something that AI engineers or neuroscientists working with AI scientists will be able to develop. Brian believes that true innovation comes from people who have nothing to lose, rather than from people with degrees or upward mobility in companies. He emphasizes the importance of understanding the burden of responsibility that we all have to represent and honor the sacrifices of our ancestors. Brian argues that most of what we do with computers is searching for a feeling of effect, rather than just searching for facts, and that the intelligence amplifier can help us find that feeling of effect more easily. The power of intelligence amplification. Intelligence amplification is about getting away from the data and having a dialogue. With an intelligent assistant that knows your day and personality type, you can get from point A to B more efficiently. The AI system is tailored to each individual's personality and journey in life. With voice-based AI, you can detect patterns and inflection that are missed when reading text. Social media algorithms are designed to keep you outraged and reinforce your echo chamber. Having a conversation with an AI system, rather than just reading text, can be a more engaging and informative experience. This type of interaction can also free up more time for the user to do other things and encourages them to reflect on whether their technology use is serving them. Brian acknowledges that some people may be skeptical of these ideas and offers alternative ways of using technology such as dictation. He emphasizes that communication through speech is the most natural and efficient way for humans to interact, even for those who imagine a future with neural lacing. The brain's only output for communication is an inner monologue, making voice the most natural form of communication. When you read something, you hear it in your own inner voice, but you may not even notice it because you hear it all the time. 
Some people may believe they have no inner monologue, but if you ask them to read something out loud and then silently, they will hear their inner voice. The phonological loop, transcribing creative thoughts in real time. Science only knows what it knows at a particular time, and there may be aspects of the human mind and creativity that we don't fully understand yet. The right hemisphere of the brain is a sea of creative thought and pieces of knowledge. The creative process involves catching those pieces like a butterfly net and putting them into a buffer called the phonological loop. The phonological loop can transcribe the pieces into one character at a time or blurt them out as quickly as possible as a conscious flow of thought. When working with songwriters and creative people, Brian has found that their ideas often come out of nowhere, and with honesty, the same kernel of creativity appears. Brian believes that humanity is like Thomas Edison, who invented his ideas by dropping ball bearings into pie plates and transcribing the first sounds he heard. Edison called this hypnagogic sleep and believed that it was the creative process that helped him invent. He would sometimes scream out his ideas as quickly as possible. Brian doesn't like using terms like REM sleep or alpha because they are a crude way of determining the many shades of transition between sleep stages. Brian believes that there are aspects of creativity and the human mind that are not fully understood, and people may not be seeing the world as it actually is. When people bifurcate into two teams, they may be doing so behind something they don't fully understand, and it's essential to consider this possibility. Brian believes that it's crucial to understand the thing that drives humanity, the people who are willing to put everything into an idea, and the honor they have in their work. Brian's Dive into the Dumpsters Brian talks about his experience with dumpster diving at Bell Laboratories, RCA, and David Sarnoff Research Center to retrieve research studies and papers that were thrown away. When something is in a dumpster, it's considered garbage and in the public domain, and he found legal ways to do this. He has amassed thousands of research studies on creativity, productivity, and the effects of music on human behavior, including psychological studies by Muzak. Muzak studied the effects of music on productivity and found that lowering noise and raising the volume of music improved productivity on a production line, leading to massive improvements in productivity. Brian believes that music is a tool for programming and that listening to lyrics hinders creativity by pattern matching words and encoding them subconsciously. He urges people to watch what they listen to and how they feel as it affects productivity, creativity, and overall well-being. Brian argues that technology has become a religion as part of politics, humanism, and scientism, and people are forming religions around it because there is an emptiness that needs to be filled. He believes that technology is a tool, not a religion, but people are forming religions around it because there is an emptiness that needs to be filled. People need to take a step back and consider that they could be wrong about their beliefs and conclusions, and the only job they have is to find a path to be more informed. He warns against being addicted to conspiracy theories and doom-scrolling and urges people to realize that responding to polarizing ideas only divides humanity. Anti-dystopianism, embracing the messiness of humanity. For the last 15 years, Brian has been addressing people by their names on social media. It is a feedback system designed by him to remind himself that he is addressing a human being, as he is not perfect. He does it by saying the person's name and what he is going to say to them three times in a row, trying to picture their face. Brian finds social media a celebration of humanity, where people share a journey with him. He acknowledges that people on social media often spout the same kind of bull from different sides of their mouths, and that it is not politically expedient not to join a group. 
Brian encourages people to take a step back and not join a mob, but instead stand up for what is objectively right for them at the moment, with the notion that they could be wrong. He believes that humans are technologists and that technology problems are all problems of humanity. He says that humans are attracted to technology because they want facts, but when they wake up to the fact that things are not what they thought they were, they become more humanist. Brian mentions scientists who reached the same conclusion and said that definitions are not facts but transitionary periods between one object, idea, or concept to another. He thinks that humanity faces orders of magnitude more complex problems ahead and that we should be positive but prepare for them. Brian warns people to be careful of what they want and what they are creating by participating in social media and canceling culture. Reflections on Humanity and History Brian acknowledges that some of what he is going to say may be irritating to some people. He states that the hidden agenda he advocates for is humanity and the survival of what makes humans great. Brian argues that humanity is doing great things and people should turn off the news and look at the positive things happening around them. We are addicted to negative news and it will eventually be injected into our brains if we do not change our ways. Brian talks about the origin of life on Earth and how it is a product of the planet and its resources, including water from comets and asteroids. He mentions the asteroid belt between Mars and Jupiter and how it used to be a planet that broke apart, leading to the creation of asteroids. Humans are conquerors and we all have blood on our hands, as our ancestors did something to conquer someone else. He acknowledges that this conversation is difficult to have because studying history shows that it is written by the victors, and there is always noise in the signal. Brian suggests that there are levels to a person's paradigm and ascension is possible through developing principles and values. He believes that the creative pyramid inverts once you reach wisdom. Brian believes that language is the first technology and the last technology and that humanity has spoken existence into existence. Chance reads a poem called Comfort by Robert Service, which suggests that even when everything is going wrong, one still has the earth, the sky, and God's love. That wraps up the notes for this episode. Five-star ratings are very much appreciated. Don't forget to go to podcastnotes.org and subscribe to our free newsletter. The Top 10 Ideas of the Week. Every Monday.